My name is Hester Brown and I am recording from the lands of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. I would like to pay my respect to Elders past and present and acknowledge that this always was and always will be Aboriginal land. My name is Marty Dangerfield and I am recording from the lands of the Wathurrung people. I would like to pay my respects to Elders past and present and acknowledge that this always was and always will be Aboriginal land. This episode of The Significant Others is sponsored by Botanicals by Lux, professionally formulated Australian-made and owned skincare. Launching almost three years ago with a hyaluronic serum that has remained as their bestseller, Botanicals by Lux has grown to include clay masks, a face oil, cleansers, a lip treatment, and most recently releasing a body wash and body cream. The entire range is free from nasties, no PEGs, parabens, or sulfates. No synthetic or artificial colours or fragrances. Everything is completely vegan and absolutely cruelty-free. Hester Brown, welcome. Welcome back to the pod. Hello, Marty Dangerfield. Oh. <laughs> How you doing? <laughs> I'm doing really good, actually. I'm coming off the back of um, a bit of a virus, so I feel like I've got a bit of a pep in my step again. Glad to hear it. Never fun to be sick, especially not with kids in tow. Yeah, and we had a massive, massive Easter weekend with like several uh, Easter hunts. It's a big hooroo with the Dangerfield clan. So <laughs> it was actually a really fun weekend. How was your long weekend? Yeah, it was It was really great. My toddler was super into the whole Easter thing this year. Now whenever anyone knocks on the door, she goes, oh, it's the Easter bunny, and I have to like let her know again that that only happens once a year. Oh, but, no. Um, yeah, she absolutely loved it. She'll tell anyone and everyone that she found a giant egg in a plant. That's the highlight of the day. So we were a little bit late getting our interview out to everyone this week. Again, apologies for that. But, hey, there were quite a few public holidays in there, so... You can forgive us, we think. And it was really exciting to have our first episode from outside of the AFL world. Yes, wasn't it? Dipping our toes into the music industry with Amy Finlay from Stonefield, which is super cool. And her partner is also a musician, uh, a drummer with King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard. So I loved being able to like dissect that part of their relationship that that is such a clear correlation of how they're navigating that world and um, I guess the challenges that Amy and her sisters faced along the way. Yeah, I think the gendered nature of the music industry is so interesting Um, and it was really amazing to get that, for me to get that, you know, understanding directly from Amy of what it's been like, particularly being young women starting off and, you know, the pressures that are involved in that. Yeah, and as a gendered discussion that we did have she gave like really clear points in time where she was like this just would not happen to Michael her partner like this just didn't happen yeah things around her safety I found really really interesting I think particularly you know her being the eldest of her of the sisters that there's an extra sort of responsibility and pressure on her to just be vigilant all the time. And that is something that we see like across society and the conversation has been going on and on a lot lately, Mm. just around these tiny little things that women do and that we all do without even realizing that this actually probably shouldn't be normalized. Absolutely. (laughs) That, that she had to do that, you know, to take that overseas, take that into touring into her profession that her partner didn't. And even the criticism that she's received, you know, particularly that sort of looks-based criticism or, you know, fans of his band sort of 
coming for her that hasn't gone both ways. I thought that was really interesting and must be really difficult. Such a, like such obvious things. And she, and she like really broke it down. She wasn't, yeah, she wasn't like, oh, you know, it's just a bit rough for the women in the industry. She was like, no, really specifically X, Y, Z, here is an example of what was going on for her. Yeah, I thought it was, I thought she was actually pretty amazing too. And I've had their music playing <laughs> all the time at home now. We get, we, Pat and I kind of get into these moods where like we'll watch a movie and then we'll just sit on the soundtrack for a month. And mm. that's where I'm at with Stonefield at the moment is I'm just getting through <laughs> all of their albums. And it's really like, she is so talented. They are so a talented. very talented bunch Did you of want girls. to recommend a song maybe to our listeners? Where should they start? Ooh, Dog Eat Dog from their album Bent. <laughs> I don't know why, but I, I've just kind of got that on repeat at the moment. But I don't know whether it would be necessarily my recommendation because I have still got a fair bit to get through. <laughs> so what about this week in football, Marty? Well, should we start with the W in the finals that played out? All right, let's start there. I love this. Yes, I mean, I was a little bit torn. I, my heart did break a tiny bit for Frio because obviously I, I, I've picked Melbourne as my team for this final series, as I said last week on the podcast, but oh, it was really, really hard to watch. Obviously was some hard, devastation it? for the Fremantle Dockers. On the television broadcast, um, they kept panning to Daisy Pierce on the bench and her roller coaster of emotions and, you know, obviously the elation at the end. And it's the finals are just such a contrast, aren't they, of the high and the low. Oh, yeah. And then, you know, you'd pan across to the Fremantle players and obviously I was sort of keeping an eye on Ebony and Cara and I, I just felt a little bit sick for them because they just had such high hopes and they, you know, that was such a long time coming. That's been over a year in the making. Yeah to even play that game. Oh, you were at the game, Hester. Tell me about that. I was at the game, although I I have to say that I thought it would be a great idea to take a baby and a toddler out to Casey Field. So I was not on time and I spent a lot of time running after the kids, but it was very exciting, the, the atmosphere and, you know, very exciting to be a Melbourne person on that day. And Isla had a great time running around with the Pierce twins and I love I love putting in the community when everyone's around and it's so exciting and then add in that that finals atmosphere and it was great to spend a bit of time with Ben O'Neill who we interviewed last year on the podcast if anyone hasn't listened to that yet I highly recommend you do because I was really reminded of what an excellent person he is too. He is quite remarkable Ben and then the other final that was happening on the weekend North and Collingwood was also played in Melbourne at Victoria Park and I I guess we can say that there is a home ground advantage that happened with both home teams winning that was a pretty fiery game. Did you get to watch any of it or were you still heading home from Casey Fields? I was heading home from Casey Fields, so I didn't get to watch it. I was I was driving home and my mum's boyfriend, Simon, hi Simon, <laughs> was looking up the scores for me and keeping me updated. That game absolutely lived up to the hype that it had sort of built all week in terms of uh, a rivalry that we're seeing in the AFLW and um, oh, it was like heartbreaking one to watch in the end as well another really really close one right down to the wire absolutely this next week of finals is only going to be bigger and better I can imagine absolutely can't wait to see it so excited 
So in the men's this week, Marty, we ended up having a bit of a chat. I obviously tuned in to watch the Melbourne and GWS game and I was so stoked to hear the incredible voice of Kelly Underwood on the call and I put up a little story on Instagram about it. You replied to me straight away. Samantha Jetta, last week's guest, replied to me straight away and then I heard from our season one friend, Anna Scully, as well. And it made me think that there is a really big appetite to hear voices like Kelly's on the call, even though we're not hearing as much of them as we'd like to. Yeah, it was just such a timing thing for me too. I've been thinking the exact same thing. I was like, oh, this is good. Like this is good commentary. It's like purposeful commentary. I'm sorry to say that there's a lot of the times that I'm like, oh, I just don't need to be listening to this. I'm going to put the tally on mute, but then you lose like the atmosphere feeling of, of listening and watching footy and having that whole experience. So she was great. She was really incredible. And as you said, yeah, we, we definitely don't have enough of that. I would love that just to be the norm. Yeah, and there have been a few changes this season. Eddie Betts is on the commentary team now too, which also is super exciting. And I do think the, the introduction of the AFLW did open up, I guess, a lot of spots for jobs too. So the people that were traditionally calling the men's game, it's not like they had the time to go and, and do a whole additional elite league as well. So it has really opened up some opportunities for people and I'm, we, you know, we're, we're hopefully going to see a lot more of the crossover and the integration of those people who are really skilled into both the men's and the women's game. Absolutely. I feel like I've heard over the AFLW uh, season some great new voices on the commentary there and I would love to see them trickle over to the men's as well. And we thought this might be a good time to bring in uh, a friend of ours who is an expert on this topic uh, to help us talk about diversity in the commentary boxes and in AFL media. So we are very honoured to welcome to the podcast the incredible Lucy Race. Lucy Race is a founding member of the ABC's Outer Sanctum podcast, is the co-creator of the Making the Call program, is Hawthorne's VFLW number one ticket holder and as I like to think of her, the people's big sister. Hi, I'm Lucy Race. I am on the land of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation and I pay my respects to their elders past and present. This always was and always will be Aboriginal land. So Lucy, thank you so much for joining us today. It is such a pleasure to have you as one of our special expert guests. We've been longtime fans of your show. So yeah, it's a real, it's a real hoot for us to have you here. Thank you so much. I'm a big fan of your show. So I'm feeling pretty um, lucky to be sitting here and recording with you today. I'd just like to highlight that Hester said it was a hoot and I don't know how old she is. She could have just hit 80. (laughs) I understood. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Lois. Uh, <laughs> so we wanted to have a bit of a chat to you today, Lucy, because you are a real expert in footy media and commentary, I have to say. And we thought we might just start off by asking you about your story and how you became a voice in footy. It's so funny hearing you say expert because I immediately want to push back and say, no, I'm not. I'm just a footy fan who found a microphone. Microphone. But I guess that's that's really the story that I was lucky to be. I'm lucky to have this amazing group of friends who, three friends and two of my sisters, who were in a chat group about football a number of years ago. And at the end of the 2015 
um, football season, we'd been chatting and two of our friends, Nicole Hayes and Alicia sometimes had written a book called From the Outer, which was a collection of stories of voices that you don't normally hear talking about football. And we gathered together to celebrate the launch of that book. And over that conversation, over the course of that dinner, somebody threw out the claim that we were so funny and entertaining we should start our own podcast and Emma Race my sister who Mm -hmm. is um, often referred to as my significant other chimed up and said that she'd just done a podcasting course and that's a great idea and we started um, pretty much the following week so that was in 2016 and that's how the Outer Sanctum was born so we were just we were a bunch of football fans who loved the game didn't always feel like the game was loving us back and didn't always hear our voices reflected in the commentary but also the stories around football and the emergence of some new technology that allowed for podcasting and and also social media just meant that all of those forces kind of came together in what we sometimes call uh, lightning in a bottle. And that was the Outer Sanctum. And now, like, you know, the Outer Sanctum is a huge hit. You said you want to push back and say that you're not an expert, but we don't actually let people talk themselves down on this podcast. (laughs) You are a star. Um, (laughs) Why do you think um, the Outer Sanctum has resonated with so many people? I think we were, I think a lot of it is timing. I think we were really lucky that we started in 2016. And if you remember, that's the year that the AFL decided to announce that they'd be bringing forward the launch of the AFLW the women's competition. So that was announced that year. And in 2017, we saw the first bounce of women's football at that highest level in the country with a national competition. So I think that was a big part of what was, I guess, driving people to what we were talking about. But I also think the emergence of social media platforms like Twitter meant that there were more people having conversations about sport and those traditional gatekeepers, you know, before social media and before podcasting, it was very difficult to hear a lot of um, different conversations. And I think that really meant that people were seeking out something different. And I think we just tapped into something that was was already happening, conversations that people were having. Um, there were a number of other podcasts that started at the same time and there was a lovely collegiality between us all. I think we all felt really welcoming of each other and supportive of each other and it was just a, a really lovely place to be in. A lot of the conversations were happening on different platforms, on podcasts and social media, as he said. What does diversity in those conversations mean when we can actually bring it into the commentary box? The most important thing, I think, is that we need the voices that are talking about sport to reflect the community that the sport happens in. And for a long time, that hasn't been the case. For a long time, the people that have spoken about sport and the people that have been in those broadcasting positions and and writing about it have been 
a very, very small demographic um, and not very reflective of the larger community. And look, the reason that it's important is that sport occupies so much space in this country and its coverage and the conversations around it have can have a really powerful role in shaping gender norms and stereotypes and gender balance and diversity in that broadcast can do lots of things so it can challenge a lot of stereotypes you know if I think back to what we saw happening during the Adam Goods situation where he was you know, dealing with just terrible racist booing and basically, you know, left left the sport. I think that if we had seen some diversity in that commentary box and in the conversation around, you know, what was happening there, that there may have been a different outcome. And, you know, we know that Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people make up I think it's just over three percent of the population in Australia. In football there are, it's around 20%. So I think mm. for in 2020, there was 87 male players and 22 female players um, representing 71 cultural, lang- 71 cultural and language groups. But we don't see that reflected in, in commentary boxes and in the broadcast. Now, that's starting to change. And you know, I'm loving seeing Tony Armstrong in the ABC. I'm loving seeing his show with Bianca Hunt, Yokai Football, but we need we need more of it, and you know when when we come to gender, we can often go siren to siren without hearing a female voice. And but we know that club membership and crowds, it's pretty much a fifty fifty split in terms of women, you know, just loving this sport. And we also know that growth in the game and in participation is coming from women and girls playing sports. So. That's why it's so important to have that diversity in, in the commentary box. Hester um, put up something on social media last week about Kelly Underwood's um, commentary and straight away, I think, was it Sam? And I responded being like, oh, my gosh, we're listening and thinking the exact same thing. So that must happen across, yeah, lots of different cultural backgrounds as well for people watching because, I, you know, I guess I look up and I see her as a, as a woman that I you know, I can identify with her and the diversity, what, what's the next step to bring bring it in, bring in further diversity and bring in new voices? I think that it's really important when we're talking about diversity that we we don't just rely on just one person coming in to, to change that conversation. So it's great that we've got Kelly, but we need lots of other women. Um, it's great that we've, you know, got Tony Armstrong. We need lots of other Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander voices because, Unfortunately, there is um, there is pushback, and often when you start to see change, there'll be a big kind of noisy pushback against it, and it's too much for one person to have to kind of be the the spokesperson for a whole gender or for a whole group of people, and it's just not how it works. That um, you know, women aren't a homogenous group. That we all have different opinions and we all have different experiences that we can bring to the conversation. And so, we need to have more than just one woman. And um, as much as I love Kelly, but um, the challenges are that it's it's a 
and it has always been a very challenging industry to get into that you know people it's it's one of those industries that's like acting or like playing sport itself at the highest level that it's really competitive and it's not necessarily um, clear to everybody the way that you can you know become a broadcaster or the way that you can find a way to have your voice heard in sport and so we need people who are helping to demystify the ways in it can be a very exclusive industry, it seems. So can you tell us a bit about your Making the Call program? <laughs> yeah, so Making the Call is a program that um, my sister, Emma Race, and I came up with last year. And it's really about demystifying that that whole um, process. But it's also about helping women find women in Victoria to because we um, have been in part, we're in partnership with the Victorian state government through the Office of Women in Sport and Recreation um, to create pathways for women in sports broadcasting and that can be very broad that can be um, you know finding women who want to call play by play um, to women who would like to try special comments or boundary writing, but also women who might be interested in being a producer or in writing or in podcasting. So really just that whole gamut. So the program is aimed at helping those women find their way through. You've run at least one of these programs now and and there are more coming. Can you tell us who our listeners should have their eyes on? Who do you think are the stars of the future in the commentary box or around football media? Yes. So we had a pilot program last year which was focusing primarily on Australian rules football and had 21 incredible women take part in that program. The outcomes have been just astounding and we've seen women pop up on the ABC, on the Fox footy coverage and um, on a number of different platforms. Some of the people that I would be keeping my eye on are Shiloh Curtis, who's someone that um, people might know. She's a trailblazer in women's football. She's been a player, she's been a coach, um, she's had a role as an administrator and she's actually like she's really just part of the fabric of women's football so she brings her experience and her first-hand knowledge as into the commentary box and has done that in special comments but I think we might see her start to transition to calling some play-by-play another place to hear some up-and-coming footy callers is Wharf Radio And um, you can hear people like Julia Montesano, Lucy Botkin, Lauren Borden and Sasha Doherty who are calling VFLW games. If you're interested in stats, I would highly recommend that you're following Gemma Bastiani on Twitter and also through Siren Sport. Gemma, just such an insightful and intelligent um, footy brain and I love watching football with her and have been lucky enough to do that a few times but I love also just absorbing the the 
stats that she brings in terms of football because that's not something that I come to naturally and she has a way of making that really accessible and really interesting for me. So she does a podcast called Play On but you can also find her through Sirens. And the other people I would be keeping an eye on are some of these the players that have been um, doing special comments. So people like Bonnie Toogood and Kate McCarthy have been sitting alongside commentators calling the AFLW this year with other people like Izzy Huntington, Ellie Blackburn, Mel Hickey and Libby Birch and even Chelsea Roffey who people might know who has been a goal umpire and is continues to be a goal umpire made her debut as a boundary rider. Now, I'm trying not to embarrass you, Hester, because you also went through our program and I love that you're doing this program with significant others and I think it's something that people should continue to listen to. (laughs) We will put all of those recommendations in our show notes. (laughs) I feel like a little bit like a, a parent who, you know, has probably missed out on speaking about a whole lot of other my other children children. who are all I love all my children and seriously you can follow making the call on Twitter and we try to really elevate anything that anyone who's been through our program has done so that's a great way to keep an eye on upcomers that you should be following. I just have a question as well Lucy around the similarities or differences in these conversations we're having in regards to football and seeing that across different sports across the country, is that something that's coming up in the next making the call for you guys? And how do you, how do you as, you know, football fans, and that's your foundation and, and that's Hester and our, my foundation too for loving sport really, how do we, yeah, what do you see in, in other sports? Absolutely. So our next program will be much um, more broader in its focus because we we know that there are a lot of different opportunities as well. So when I think about the things that I'm looking forward to, we have the World Cup in women's soccer coming in 2023 and we have a World Cup in basketball, in women's basketball, coming to Australia in 2022. Now, I would love to see all of the talent that we've got on field but also off field and in commentary boxes really make their mark when we've got the gaze of the world on on our country so there's so many opportunities I think across a a range of sports but I think you know there's a real hunger for for diverse voices there's a research that was basically into print media that came out from the Victorian Health I think it's a Vic, Vic Health report and it asked people about how happy they were with coverage of sport and it wasn't very high and particularly for women there was a real hunger for more coverage of women's sports. One of the things that that research showed is that female journalists are more likely to cover women's sport and so one of the ways of trying to give the people what they want is to make sure that we've got more female journalists covering covering it. So um, that's what I'd like to see. Beautiful. I think that pretty much sums it all up, Lucy. Uh, thank you so much for joining us today. We really appreciate not just your time today but everything you're doing uh, to make the world of footy media uh, more accessible and more diverse. Thank you. And thank you to both of you. You both have um, such important voices in this space as well. And 
what you're doing with your podcast I think it's really important and um, so grateful that you're doing it you are listening to the significant others podcast if there's somebody you would like to hear from please share your suggestions by messaging us on instagram at the significant others podcast 